Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Rootless Living Podcast in episode number seven. I'm Damien Ross, I'm your host, and I'm also the publisher of the Rootless Living magazine and a fellow digital nomad. Now on today's episode, I chat with Jason and Ray, the couple behind the YouTube channel, The Getaway Couple. I met Jason and Ray on Instagram, and they actually submitted one of the very first favorite boondocking spots for the premiere issue of the Rootless Living magazine. This was a fun chat for me, and I quickly learned that Jason, Ray, and myself have a lot in common. Let's jump into today's episode. Hey, I'm really excited to have Ray and Jason here from Getaway Couple. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Thanks so much for having us on. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm, it's a little cold. I, you know, I'm currently in Alabama. I'm heading south, but I don't think I'm south enough right now because uh, we had to undo the hose last night and uh, you know, bring in the fresh water. But it's a little chilly you know, for a Southern California kid. How about you guys? Where are you guys right now? So we're actually in Southern California uh, right now visiting family, Um, and it's a little chilly here for our blood. I think it got down to something like like 40-something last (laughs) night, so. Not bringing the hose cold, but yeah, too chilly for us. (laughs) Without a doubt. Yeah, I have family that, uh, property out there in 29 Palms, and uh, it can drop. And I think you guys are out in in that kind of desert area, right? Well, we passed through Palm Springs first just to meet up with some road friends and kind of decompress before all the craziness of the holidays. But we are now actually in the Los Angeles area uh, where we're originally from. And just we wanted to be closer to friends and family this year. Crazy. I did not know you guys originally from Los Angeles. And that's kind of one of the fun things I do. I mean, obviously, I am following your guys' content and, you know, we've gotten to know each other. But I try to not do too much research because I like finding out and asking questions and going along in these. So it's interesting to see where you guys are at. And what do you guys consider yourself? Do you guys consider yourself full-time digital nomads, part-time? Where are you guys at? Yeah, I would say that we're we're definitely full-time um, and have been for about two years now. Yeah, just continuously traveling. Yeah, two and a half. We left yeah. in July of 2017, and officially, that's when we got rid of all of our belongings and officially moved into the RV and hit the road. How crazy. So we left June of 2017, and I know this question, this is what I'm about to ask next, is what are you currently traveling in? I'm very aware <laughs> of what you're traveling in. But go ahead and yeah. let uh, people know what it is that you're, uh, you're living in nowadays. Sure, sure. So we're in a Grand Design Solitude 375 Res. Um, And yes, I'm pretty sure that's how we found you too. We noticed you had the same rig as us. So (laughs) it's pretty funny watching your videos because it feels like you're sitting in our house. (laughs) Have you guys found the little secret compartment in the pantry, the little door in there yet? Wait, I'm totally, kidding. I'm totally kidding. There's not. I was almost oh. not going to tell you. I just hope you guys would search for like the next two days and then like text me back and be like, wait a minute. There's no secret compartment in the pantry. I was about to be so blown away because we've taken <laughs> apart that pantry for other reasons. And I was like, we never found a door. <laughs> yeah, but it did take us probably about a year to find all of the light switches there's a couple like in the the kitchen area in like the hutch area we didn't find that light switch for over a year on the road we found it having to like plug something in underneath there yeah we were looking for an outlet and we're like did you know there's a light switch under here (laughs) so i wouldn't be surprised if there's a mystery door somewhere that we haven't opened yet (laughs) 
Yeah, I know exactly which light switch you're talking about, and we found it too. And then even when we did the tour of our rig, the salesperson didn't know how to turn on the living room lights. You know, they didn't know where to look for those, and it took us a while. So it's funny that we probably have a lot of the same experiences in this. Yeah. Did you guys own or do you currently own a bricks and sticks kind of home or is it just the RV? We just have the RV now um, before, and we didn't even own our home before. As you probably know, property prices are absurd in Los Angeles. So that actually what that helped influence our decision. We're at this point in life where we kind of were at a crossroads of like, okay, do we buy a home and like really settle down or do we kind of go on this adventure? And so we just didn't want to put all that money in a home in Los Angeles, which essentially would have most likely been a fixer upper for like 750,000. So the RV just was a lot more appealing. So when did this idea kind of hit you guys? I know you left in June of 2017. When did the idea of really saying, you know what, we can probably get in an RV and go full time. When did that hit you and how long did it take before you guys actually took off? Yeah. So I would say that the, we've always loved traveling. And so we traveled full, like all the time for pretty much all of our like paid vacation, uh, when, when we were working previously and then we went on a honeymoon and that we spent the same amount of money that we spent <laughs> on our wedding like we we purposely saved a lot more money for our honeymoon than we spent on our wedding and we were gone for a month uh touring through Italy and just being gone that long I just remember the first day for for me we we took a cruise from Venice through the Greek islands at the end of our honeymoon and we were just sitting out on like little balcony looking at these like Greek islands go by and we were like we need to travel we need to travel full time like this is what we love to do so that kind of sparked the idea of traveling full time and we originally had the idea of uh, just saving up money and traveling for a year or two full time overseas but then we got a dog <laughs> that we loved so much we were like, how could we travel overseas? We couldn't leave her. We just didn't, didn't want to. And then we found, I think it was Gone with the Winds at the time on YouTube. And we're like, you can live in an RV full time. Like we're from Los Angeles. So like people living in an RV full time is something different out here, right? <laughs> like there's a, the, the homeless epidemic that's, that's going on. So it's, it's crazy. So like, we didn't even know the thing that you could like really do, or you could full time in an RV. Um, so we started watching YouTube video after YouTube video and it just, it wasn't that long, maybe a year before we hit the road and we figured out we could do it a lot faster. That's awesome. Did you guys go into the RV shows? How did you guys kind of like find your RV? And I definitely want to talk about something you guys have coming up down the road too, but for real quick, just like, what was your experience to, because that's even tough to do in Los Angeles. There's not a ton of like RV dealerships. No, there's not. We did have to travel to find some dealerships around here. Originally, we were really torn with getting a class A and a tow vehicle and then, or should we do a fifth wheel and a truck? So that decision alone <laughs> was a test on our marriage <laughs> but we eventually decided what what made the decision was we started looking at RVs and we'd go 
um, to different dealerships and one dealer ended up asking us, hey, from what your need sounds like, we think a fifth wheel would be better. Have you ever gone into a fifth wheel? Because we we're pretty set on a motorhome. And they convinced us to walk through a fifth wheel. And the second we stepped in, we were like, wait, what? <laughs> this is like a mini apartment. We we're blown away. So that made the shift into start to start looking at fifth wheels and travel trailers. And then we settled on a floor plan that we loved. And we had walked through a couple grand designs, but we originally thought they were out of our price range. So we wrote them off. And then when we went to start negotiating on the fifth wheel floor plan that we wanted, which was actually a Montana, that salesman, that was a different dealership, ended up saying, well, let's go into this grand design. It's the only one that has AC on. And we made some comment about, man, I wish we could get into this rig. And he was like, well, we can get you into this for the same price, maybe even less than what you're here to buy. And so that really got our wheels turning. So a couple of days later, we ended up signing the papers on a grand design. <laughs> wow. Have you guys done any RVing? up until this point at all no no <laughs> absolutely zero percent experience um like i think our friend had one and we had like you know as uh kids out in la we had like partied in it in in <laughs> high school it was like <laughs> like the guest house of our friends is like right. RV. so yeah so it was that, that was pretty much our RVing experience. <laughs> right. That's funny. I mean, I'm trying to be careful not to share the same stories when I talk, but I had never really even think I've been in an RV before going to an RV show. Like I had never done any kind of RV camping. And I, I try not to use the word camping when I talk about RVing because I do agree with you that I'm pulling a condo. That's literally how nice our RVs are. I mean, if you didn't pick up on it, we have the exact same RV, our fifth wheel. And it is, it's really different. Okay, so I'm excited to hear that you're from Los Angeles. Let's talk about what your life looked like in Los Angeles. And really quick, how long were you guys in LA? Basically, almost all our lives. I mean, Jason grew up around here. I was born in San Diego. And I think by, I was probably six or seven by the time we made it up to Los Angeles area. So we've been you know, born and raised here, which is not common for people in Los Angeles. <laughs> no, so, no. Well, whereabouts? Where'd you guys yeah. go to like elementary school? I mean, this is different. I usually don't ask these questions at all, but because, you know, I spent 40, <laughs> I don't know, 45 of my 46 years in the LA area. Where'd you guys uh, grow up? Yeah. So we're actually from the, the San Fernando Valley. Um, like, I guess, Simi Valley, really, right? The suburbs of um, Los Angeles. So we grew up in Simi Valley, uh, which is yeah, yeah, just northwest of yeah. Los Angeles. I grew up in the Sunland area, and then I moved. Uh, I went to a private school there, and then I moved to Simi Valley for high school. And that is actually where Jason and I met. We took German class together, so we met in high school. Nice. Yeah, I got to spend a little bit of time. My parents pulled a fresh pence and I went from Los Angeles High to Granada Hills High for my senior year. Oh, okay. So I was out there for one year. So I kind of know that area as well. So let's look at your, you know, the the life that you were at leading up to leaving. Uh, where were you guys living? What were you guys doing for a job? And then, you know, being able to transition, whatever you had to transition to be able to go full time remote. Yeah. So after high school and college, um, we kind of moved back to see me for a year and 
started our careers. I was in cybersecurity and uh, Ray started in finance, working for Bank of America. And then we didn't like living in our high school town. So we moved out to Woodland Hills, uh, which we very much loved the area down there. Um, and I continued my career in cybersecurity. Uh, I got a job with Warner Brothers, um, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but still, you know, it's a 17 mile drive straight down the freeway, but it took me 45 minutes to an hour every single day. And Ray had a grueling um, 10 minute walk or 15 minute drive uh, across the street to where uh, she had a job at Farmers Insurance uh, in their IT department as a project manager. Nice. Yeah. So, so what were you guys able to do to you know, hit the road where well, those are obviously jobs you had to come in and clock in, clock out. Well, I mean, I don't, I'm mean, assuming that you probably could have been on salary as well too, but it took you being physically in the office. What did you guys have to do to transition to not be physically coming into the office? So we, we kind of expected Ray to quit her job in cybersecurity. Everything I, I was doing was on remote systems at Warner Brothers studios around the world. So I proposed to my boss uh, that I work remote. Also, my boss was remote in Texas at the time. So I thought, like, what does it matter if you're talking to me remotely from Texas to Burbank versus remotely to anywhere? But they just wouldn't give it to me. <laughs> so uh, luckily for me, uh, Warner Brothers was part of a larger company called Time Warner. Uh, so I just put out my resume to the other departments and was able to transition over to uh, our sister company, Turner Broadcasting out of Atlanta. And they had no problem with me working remotely. So I was able to, to transition there. And so I would just fly in quarterly from wherever I was in the United States. And so that's, that's been exciting. And it's, they have people in Washington, D.C. at all their different, they own, you know, CNN and Cartoon Network. And so they have different studios and offices. So working remote was not a problem for them. So let's get real and honest, too, because I feel like I've, I've ran into this. Do you feel like you're more productive or less productive in this lifestyle in regards to your <laughs> job that you're working for? Somehow both. Yep. <laughs> it's easy to slack off if you're just in my experience at least because I was able to quit my job when we hit the road um, so it's easy to slack off when it's only yourself that you're letting down but then at the same time we catch ourselves working on getaway couple you know our videos our blog posts everything that comes with having all of these different social platforms will work w well into the night so some days we won't even go out like we're lucky we have the dog because she forces us to leave the rv so yeah it's a, it's a good mixture of both you really have to hold yourself accountable but then it's also easy to just go down rabbit holes and not come up for air for a while yeah i think for me you know i left with a, a remote position i felt like i was able to get a lot more work done because the stuff that was draining me especially coming from los angeles the traffic the looking for parking, the waiting in lines. Like I didn't have that anymore. And so for me, and then people always ask me, and I bet they ask you, is this lifestyle affordable? And I'm always like, yeah, if you're from Los Angeles, it's really affordable depending on, you know, what it is you want to do. 
that's what I was trying to get to because I feel like even Mark, who I was interviewing uh, last week, basically was saying that he became so much more productive than when he owned his own agency once he got on the road because there was just so many of the distractions. And I feel like I just want to say that because of what you were saying, Jason, that you had you had to kind of prove it and you couldn't do it with the company you worked for. And then you had to kind of prove it to be able to do this, that I feel like this lifestyle, especially for remote jobs, I feel like you're going to get a better employee. I really do. And I hope a way I can convey and teach that and make people understand that. So more people are, are especially employers are more excited about having full-time digital nomads as employees. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I get a lot more work done in a shorter time, right? So I, that's more productive. I don't know if I necessarily you know, pick up all this extra work, like, but I mean, I wouldn't be able to do that work if I was in an office anyway, because I would take longer to do my day-to-day tasks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people don't remember the the water cooler situation too with employees and how much time <laughs> they spend every day asking, you know, what'd you do this weekend? What'd you do? What are you doing? It's tough. Uh, so, uh, so Jason, you're still working for the company, and then obviously, let's get into a little about the the getaway couple. I think this was really you guys from the get go started creating content. So you basically got the truck, got the RV, hit the road with a camera. Yes, we did have a camera before that. We filmed the whole process. However, I have never published those videos because it took us a while to get comfortable in front of the camera. So those very early videos are pretty embarrassing. <laughs> But we did want to at least share the RVing experience right from the get-go. And I'm glad we did, even though we still kind of cringe looking back at those first couple videos. Those are the videos where people tell us that they helped the most. Because I think it's that transition phase is what people are really scared of. You know, are you going to make it? Are you going to be okay? And what's kind of funny is we still get people commenting on that video that's two and a half years old talking about all the problems we encountered the second week on the road and occasionally we still get a comment saying you guys aren't going to make it so it's pretty satisfying (laughs) to be able to reply and say well we did we're doing great now thanks yeah i mean we really and we continue to try and do that i think that's what in the beginning taught us to continue to show our hardships and our lessons learned and our mistakes and just be really transparent about this lifestyle because it is so easy to convey you are living this dream life but you just have a whole new set of problems in reality yeah it doesn't yeah it's not it's not a dream it's just a different way of living life uh, which, you know, you do have a lot higher highs, like you're able to wake up and be at the Grand Canyon and then next week be in Sedona and just be able to see all these beautiful things, but it doesn't make your problems go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I see that in a lot of your content too, which I, I'm glad to see this new kind of trend within creating content where there's a lot of transparency of when things are going wrong. We, we seem to want to be able to put the best picture forward in social media, at least really in the beginning, and it's really kind of continued and gotten worse. So it's great to see when you guys are having, whether it's a, you know, a deer that hits the side of your truck or you get stuck in the mud. There's a lot of people that have been stuck in the mud that don't want to show that they've gotten stuck for some reason. And I think it does bring just a realism to it. So it's been really great. Yeah, we love showing that stuff. It's, well, we don't love well, showing it. it's, it's, pulling, out, yeah. pulling out the camera during those times is pretty difficult. 
but <laughs> Ray, Ray like, loves <laughs> showing when Jason gets stuck in mud. You guys heard it here first. <laughs> That's what Ray loves. To do. No, <laughs> exactly. this, will, this will be an awesome thumbnail. Let's do this. But you know, I, <laughs> here's a question for you because you are, you know, I, a lot of people that I'm interviewing obviously do create content. And do you guys notice a difference between when you're out creating content and where you're just out just you know for a hike with no content are you guys seeing a difference in what that experience is like when you can just leave the camera and go or is it really doesn't matter it's the same to you you know this is actually something I've thought about a lot and I ask other creators this too because in the beginning I really struggled with this uh bringing the camera and trying to film in public was really hard for us so it would I guess like dampen the mood or we wouldn't get the full experience because we had these negative emotions tied to we have to film and we're embarrassed about it and stuff like that. I think now it's a, it's a lot different. We can, you know, pull out the camera and do a quick clip and film the B-roll. You know, once you get your process started, it becomes easier. And once you get over that self-conscious feeling of people watching you, it gets easier so I'd say it depends where you are in your journey, how much that's going to affect you. Yeah. And also when we first started, we would film everything and anything. So the whole time we would be at a location taking different like mm -hmm. B-roll clips of like, oh, the waterfall from this angle and the waterfall from this angle. And then, you know, time would go by and we'd have to leave. Now I feel because our process is better tuned um and ray hates going through like three hours worth of waterfall footage um <laughs> and uses you know like 30 seconds of it uh we we film a lot more uh like purposefully mm -hmm. and so it really takes us i don't know maybe like five to ten minutes to get the shots and then the rest of the time we're able to enjoy mm -hmm. now was the idea to the word monetize is tough, but was the idea to monetize the channel or is it just truly when you were setting it out, was it just a document and if one person watches great, if not, or was it like, you know what, this could actually be a little bit of a, a revenue for us on top of, you know, still having the job. What was kind of the, the thought process of creating a channel and kind of putting everything out there? Well, I'm actually kind of glad that you said that monetization is a hot topic because this is something I feel really passionately about. I don't think people should feel embarrassed about wanting to monetize their channel or, you know, make products or just bring in income in any way. I, that was something I felt, I guess, again I had negative feelings in the beginning about it I was in, I was scared to start our Patreon I was scared you know to put ads on our video but in reality once you start doing it and you see how much work it is I think that creators should be paid and so anyway I'll step off my little high horse so that was also a transition phase for us as well as we shouldn't feel guilty because we did go into it thinking we'd like to start a blog and yeah, sure. Eventually we'd like to make money from it. And yeah, we'd like to start a YouTube channel and Hey, we'd like to put ads on our channel. So we did go into it hoping, you know, to have this be supplemental income. Like would we love to make <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars from it? Sure. But you also get a reality check when you start doing it that, this doesn't bring in a lot of money. You know, YouTube 
pays you a couple, a fraction of a penny for every five views. So we do get those people that come across and say like, hey, I'm supporting your lifestyle because I've watched five of your videos. I'm like, well, you've probably given us a penny, but so yeah, that is a, it's a hot topic for me. And <laughs> I, I don't think any creator should feel shame in wanting to monetize. You just need to do it ethically, you know, promote companies that you actually have tried and like, and, you know, just promote anything that you're fine putting your name behind too. Yeah. And I see that it yeah, is a, a hot topic. <laughs> yeah. It's a hot topic. You, I mean, there isn't, there isn't a, a bad way or a good way. If you start off wanting to grow a channel and monetize it, there's nothing wrong with that. If you just want to document all of a sudden you stumble across monetization because it becomes popular. There's nothing wrong with that. And I, there is a big fear with creators with Patreon and I hate that. I feel like, you know, it is a great way. You are putting in a ton of work and then look yourself, you're mentioning a lot of the, obviously the RVers that I watched at the same time that you did. And we got so much from them that if I had to sit through mm -hmm. a five second or 30 second ad, and I'll be honest with you. One of the things I used to watch the whole ad just cause I knew it yeah. gave back to the creator. Like I literally would do that. Like I can't, I'm old school. I didn't fast forward through commercials, you know, in 1989 <laughs> and I'm not going to do it here as for a creator. So I think you brought up some, some good points there. Did you expect it to kind of take off? I mean, I've been in this space for a long time. You guys have a good amount of subscribers. It's doing really well. There's a lot of really kind of cool partnerships that you guys have been doing. Did you expect for that to happen like the first two years? Uh, we, I think we would, I would say we expected more. Like, uh, really? I was going to say the opposite. Yeah. I'm surprised. No, it's, it's an accomplishment to be able to work with these companies that we've wanted to work with. I mean, we've had dreams and goals. Like, I have to be honest, when we set out, we wrote down our number one, like, dream on the road is to work with Grain Design. And now here we are, Grain Design Lifestyle Ambassadors. Like, and we love it and we appreciate it and we don't, yeah, I just think that's why we had opposite yeah. reactions. Well, it's also because I think I set unrealistic expectations for myself, yeah. but I've always done that. Jason's always shooting high, which is good for me because I'm always shooting low, so we balance each other out. <laughs> no, it's good. I, I, mean, I appreciate the honesty, too, because I think a lot of people, that's where a lot of burnout comes from, you know, where people do set expectations really high. And if they don't hit, you know, a million views in the first week or month or year, whatever it is that their expectation is, they'll burn out from it. And actually, you know, I, I, I bet you get more of your fuel probably from comments and how you're helping change people's lives than in anything else. I mean, I, I know that be true for me and, and I could see that being completely true for you guys as well. Yes. I don't want all this talk about, you know, working with companies and monetization making us sound greedy it really is that's what fuels you in the beginning and to be honest that's the only reason we kept going we had a really rough start on youtube in the beginning because we posted those videos talking about our hardships and we got a lot of hate for it so it was those people stepping in and saying hey because you shared this i now didn't make that mistake you know, that was what really kept us going. We even contemplated not doing YouTube once we started posting videos because some of the comments coming in were so awful. So I think that's what people, if you're starting a channel and you're looking into this, you need to find those people that rally around you. Like, and you need to appreciate them. We still talk to, like, we're pen pals with some of the first, like, people that started watching our channel because 
they mean so much to us, you know? No, I, I definitely, if there was any of the vibe that at least that I was giving that, you know, <laughs> that your focus was monetization, I didn't mean to do that at all. I do think it's a good conversation and yeah. topic and, you know, and I've gotten to know you guys through your videos. And, and I think, you know, over time you can't sustain kind of like a lie or what your true motivations are that they always come out. And I think it's just been more about, I mean, cause you guys are a younger couple. Do you mind talking about ages too? Cause sometimes that doesn't come over and I want people to make sure, because most people see this lifestyle as something you do when you're retired. So what's your guys's uh, ages, if you don't mind? Uh, we're both 31. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, that's... We hit the road when we were 28. And I actually feel like the difference between 28 and 31, like has changed people's perceptions of us as well. <laughs> See, now you're going to get a lot of hateful comments. Just kidding. I know. <laughs> no, we did. We, in the beginning, too, we did. We were told we were too young to know anything and stuff like that. So it has been nice to also be in this space for a couple of years and have, we've had people tell us, you know, I, I didn't really like you guys in the beginning, but now like you're one of my favorite channels. So I think that's that is an important thing to talk about. Is to our face, they've told to, us they've that. To that our told face. Us, yeah, to our face, people have told us that. So that is age is definitely something to consider when you're getting into this lifestyle, and yeah, it's it's all very interesting. <laughs> is there a, an end date at all? Or are you guys just going with the flow? Is this the the lifestyle forever? What are your guys' just thoughts? And again, I won't write it in stone. I won't hold it to you. You know, five, ten years from now. But what are you guys thinking about? What's the process right now? So originally we had an end date of one year and we wanted to go up to Maine and see the East Coast because we're from California. Mm -hmm. And now it's been, you know, two and a half years <laughs> and we still haven't made it to Maine. Uh, maybe this summer though. We, we say that every summer, maybe this summer. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. We have Maine and Alaska, which are, are two big milestones that we haven't haven't seen and as you know like the more you travel uh, it's not the, the shorter your list uh, like your list doesn't grow shorter it like just grows longer because it's like oh that's cool I got to see these like five things but then the last day I was in the area a local told me I have to go see these six things <laughs> so it's like you, your list just continues to grow so we don't currently have an end date I don't think but mm -hmm. we, we try to plan our summers so right now it's at least two more years. at least two more summers <laughs> yeah we have maine and alaska still yeah we did the the new england this summer and i still think we went a little too early because i think i would really like to have experienced a lot more of the fall coming back down this way but it's definitely i you know and it's funny that jason we drive the same rig because i had a lot of fears in driving in and around new england pulling the rig that i had and uh all those fears were for nothing I mean, New England is, uh, we ran into one bridge situation out of everything and it's really worth doing. So I really hope you guys find a date this summer to do it because you'll be blown away. It's really, it's a lot of fun. I'm glad I did it finally. And then obviously, yeah, Alaska's on my bucket list too, but I think I might, I don't know how you guys feel about it and I'd love to hear how you feel about it. I think I want to caravan that. I think I'd like to find like two or three other people that want to do it and do Alaska. Yeah, we're on the same page with that one. We think a caravan to Alaska would be really fun. Yeah, we were supposed to actually this last summer, we were supposed to to caravan um, with Kyle and Olivia 
from driving and vibing and the, the Mortons, which actually ended up going mm-hmm. and the freedom theory. Um, and unfortunately that all fell apart. You know, Kyle and Olivia got pregnant. The Mortons still went up. Which is also thing. fortunate. Very fortunate. <laughs> yeah. Very fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. We like to tease them about it. Um, Olivia said she didn't really want to have a baby in Alaska. <laughs> so, so yeah, we're same, same thing here. We absolutely want a caravan. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. And then I, unfortunately, I think the episode will come out after this uh, event that you guys have going on, but let's talk about it a little and then maybe I can figure out a way how to kind of promote it. Because I think it's an interesting thing that you guys are doing down in Florida. Yeah. So we're putting on um, something called RV Buyers Boot Camp with Morton's on the Move and Driving and Vibing. And this is just something we, we had been talking with both of those couples for a while of putting on an event and we just didn't know what kind. And then this idea kind of popped up and we were like, that's great. Cause all three of us have completely different buying experiences. And after being on the road now, all three of us have learned so much regarding, you know, things you don't think about when you're talking about your floor plan or negotiating tips and stuff like that. So we just figured let's do this before the Tampa RV show so people can go in feeling prepared and, you know, with a lot of knowledge under their belt. So the event is just a one-day event, and we're going to have three different seminars indoors, and then one seminar outside. We're going to take people through, you know, a, a we're going to mock up basically a pre-delivery inspection and go over the highlights of what you should be looking for when you pick up your rig because our PDI process was not a good experience. So we just want to prepare people for that depending on where you're buying from. And then Kyle is going to end the evening out by playing some music for us and we'll be serving drinks. So it should be a whole fun day. Now, will this, any of this uh, content be available if someone wanted to, uh, let's say, take the course online? Are you guys going to be capturing the content and making that available, or is it just an in-person event only? And I mean, besides just yeah. your normal kind of channels, I mean, like, is it going to be like an actual course someone can do online? Yeah, so we actually are selling virtual access to the, the seminars, um, so that is available at rvbuyersbootcamp.com yeah um should be should be pretty pretty fun and interesting the online version we're just going to be filming all of the seminars and uploading them um to a course and then we'll be providing all of the pdf documents that we'll be handing out in person they'll be you can download them through the online version too Nice. Well, I mean, this might be an interesting transition, kind of knowing what you know now, really about anything in and around, you know, full-time RVing, digital nomading. Is there something you would have done different or you just wish you knew before you hit the road? That's a good question. Um, You know, I feel like the only thing I wish I knew was that the transition phase, it was harder than I thought it was going to be. And I think that's my fault. I don't think that's something everyone goes through, but I did expect this, like to just change and be this great person who travels the U.S. and has these super fun experiences. But in reality, the first three months on the road were probably the hardest because if you've never RV'd before, you're going through a steep learning curve. You know, if you've never towed before, that's also another big learning curve. So that if you can get through the first, you know, three to six months of RVing, 
you're golden. <laughs> yeah, and it's definitely dealing with that whole like changing it from a vacation mindset to mm-hmm. like, you know, talking about burnout, like you can burn out going and exploring as well like it it's definitely something that has hit us occasionally where we're just tired of exploring (laughs) and we travel what some people would say was relatively fast you know we move once a week so yeah that's definitely something that we have learned that we didn't expect right and that's we talked about earlier why we show the the bad as well as the good Mm -hmm. because when we're looking at instagram and all of that we were just expecting oh to wake up and like have the beach right there and like (laughs) not have any worries or anything but no one tells you about like the sand in your rv and and not ever (laughs) being able to get it all out and you know just things like that now you you guys bring up kind of interesting point i haven't been able to ask this yet so you left in your 20s or late 20s what was that like with family and friends because a lot of what i hear is kind of your nuts to do this And, and 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 i'm older my kids are grown you know, like this was, I'm not retired and by any means, but it seemed a little bit more age appropriate in a way, which is weird because I almost feel like this lifestyle, and I know Saturday Night Live ruined it with the whole, you live in a van down by the river, but <laughs> what was like the, the mindset from family and friends? Well, I don't think, first of all, they didn't believe us because <laughs> we told them a year in advance, hey, this is our goal by the end of the year, you know we're going to live in an RV. And we had worked so hard previously to get where we were in our jobs and to make the income that we made. And I just don't think anyone believed we would do it because I think they had the impression that we were throwing away what we worked so hard for. Um, But now that we're doing it, you know, they love it and they're super supportive. Um, our family was all already supportive. That was mostly our friends and coworkers, but I think our family was just a little sad to see us go, but they're happy for us. <laughs> yeah, I think we, we met some of our friends now that were, were home for the holidays and they're like, I thought you guys were going to like be done in like a year and, and over with this and like move back. And we're like, no, no. This, this is our life. Yeah. So. Do you guys see yourself if, now that you've been around, I mean, how many states have you guys done? We just counted the other day, actually. We've done 36. Nice. Okay. Has, you know, my trip's a little different in the sense that I'm, I'm traveling to kind of find where I'd like to call home base at some point. I think traveling will always be part of my life, but I definitely wouldn't mind having a home base. It's not California. And even if I could afford it, even if I had, you know, the millions of dollars that it would take to be able to have a place to be able to park my fifth wheel and have a little house, it's just not going to be California. Are you guys thinking about getting back into California or has there been spots and places where you've been like, you know what, now that we've been opened to things outside of California, we're not looking there anymore. Where are you guys at with that? (laughs) Yeah, that's the big question, isn't it? (laughs) Um, You know, we really like Arizona. We, we're not so sure we see ourselves back in California either. It's hard because our family is all over on this side and the weather. And the weather is amazing. Yeah, that's one thing that we went through. So we, we're kind of the same way. We're always looking, like, where yeah. where could we live um, if we decided to settle down. Yeah. But, and the towns that have absolutely blown us away have the worst winters. So <laughs> that's now funny. we're kind of thinking we've got to have two places, you know. One, uh, we loved Michigan, to be very honest. We absolutely loved Michigan. But again, we're not doing those winters. So yeah, it's hard. We really have no idea 
have you settled on any states or have any front runners? Yeah, you know, what's funny is um, I had a state that was like state, hmm, I'd say 10, and it ended up in my bottom five. <laughs> I don't want to say it because it'll, <laughs> it'll make people too angry, but it was funny for me where I had that moment. I never have to come back here. My front runner uh, absolutely is Texas, and I think it's more to do with, because again, you guys are from California, you understand that are like just rules and regulations in regards to, you know, building multiple dwellings on a piece of land or having like a RV pad. It's just, it's ridiculous that you have to run through. Now in Texas, if you're over 10 acres, they don't care what you do. Like it's the wild, wild west. So if I really wanted to build a small home and have a couple RV pads on it, no one's going to come out and tell me I can't. And I think yeah. that's really where, and it's got, it doesn't have California weather. Nobody really has California weather, but it still has, you know, good summers and it doesn't get too snowy depending on where you are in Texas. And, you know, and the weather changes all the time too. So, which is nice. I, you know, I, again, like you guys being from California, I've never really, this is my real first fall probably, you know, as being on this trip, you know, it's just California's California. The palm trees don't change yeah. colors come fall, you know, so it doesn't really matter. But yeah, I think Texas is, but I'm with you guys. I mean, you guys made a good point about this lifestyle that, I would love to have a winter base and a summer base and then just travel in between. And I think, you know, once you remove your California hat of, you know, if I wanted a garage, basically home for 500 grand, and I put that into two places, you know, Northern United States and Southern United States, I could have so much more and then the freedom to go back and forth, which is really nice. So you guys are on it for sure with your, your thought process. So the last, the last two things I like to do and I'll end it on a high, but it's a like a real low and then a real high and it could be together separate but what was a real kind of low sense you've been on the road what's where you know just so people can hear them and, and understand that that's what can be expected you know i still think our second week on the road was our worst and that was just again the learning curve we we unhitched weird and we didn't put chalks in our tires and we we're on a little slant and so when we unhitched the fifth wheel rolled back mm. and it scared us so much i can't express the fear that you feel in the pit of your stomach when you see your fifth wheel, fifth wheel rolling back off your truck but thankfully we had actually put it on um a couple of links levelers because it was also an uneven site and that is literally the only thing that stopped the fifth wheel was that it fell off the links levelers and the front tire hit the levelers from the back tire. And so <laughs> that was just on top of the worst driving day we've ever had, accidentally driving onto Treasure Island uh, outside of San Francisco with the fifth wheel. So it was just stressor after stressor. Um, and I do have to say this summer was really rough with the weather that we encountered in North Dakota and South Dakota. Um, those summer storms are no joke and we just weren't mentally prepared for it. So we experienced some really scary weather and some really high winds on top of hitting the deer and getting stuck in the mud. But I think our experience um, helped us through that. If we had had this summer, maybe our first year on the road, we'd probably be considering <laughs> other lifestyle choices. <laughs> Gotcha. Well, let's do the, let's do the high. What's been, and I know there's probably plenty, but if there's one that really stands out that people that are thinking about this lifestyle that they can expect. So I think it's, it's, oh, sorry, there's a guy yelling next to us. Um, 
So I think that the highs that we we have are from when we don't set an expectation for a place mm-hmm. and we go there just not, not knowing what we're going to run into. We don't look it up and we're just blown away. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so things like we went to Manitou Springs in Colorado and absolutely loved that town. And they actually had springs, which, you know, half of the towns named springs don't have <laughs> springs uh, anymore. Uh, and so that was just a really unexpected like beauty uh all of michigan and the upper peninsula that we did this summer we we didn't really look it up or anything we actually went up there because we wanted to uh dip our feet in the the remaining three great lakes and so we didn't really look what else was up there and it is absolutely stunning yeah we stayed at probably our favorite rv uh campground to date which is Straits State Park and we were able to get in last minute because the Michiganders like to camp and so all of the state parks are booked <laughs> all throughout the summer so we got in to a last minute spot that had no hookups but right out of our door we had this beautiful view of Mackinac uh, Bridge and it, it was just an amazing time yeah and then fireflies right like when you're from california <laughs> yeah. and like you're just camping and fireflies come out you're like this is magic what what are these things yeah so the gulf coast was like that too it blew us away we had zero expectations and we discovered white sand beaches that are empty like yeah, delicious seafood amazing yeah. food yeah so it's the unexpected i think is always the ultimate high that's awesome. I love both those, to be honest with you. I think one is very transparent and letting people know. And then obviously, you know, they, they do come back up. The roller coaster does go down every once in a while, but it does come back up. And there are some really great highs. Where can people find you? I want to make sure people can uh, grab you on all your socials. And where do you want people to come hang out with you? Well, you can search for Getaway Couple on any platform, but you could also, well, except Instagram. We are Getaway underscore Couple on Instagram, and it's YouTube.com slash Getaway Couple, Facebook.com slash Getaway Couple. GetawayCouple.com. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Hey, guys, thanks so much for hanging out with me today and kind of sharing your story and getting people excited. I, I would say go and check out their channel. And like Ray said, you might not like them in the beginning, but over time, you're going to start to like them. No, just kidding. That's a terrible <laughs> plug, isn't it? I probably should have plugged it that no, way. No, that's actually like the best plug we've ever had. <laughs> give us a try. Without a there doubt. You, on you. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Thanks, you guys, so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, another great podcast in the books. Please take a second and give this episode a review as that is a huge help for me to be able to get the word out about it. And if you happen to know anyone that is either an inspiring digital nomad or is a digital nomad, please share it with them. Now, don't forget to head over to rootlessliving.com and grab a free digital copy of your Rootless Living magazine. And you know what? If you think you would make a good guest for this podcast or you know someone that would make a good guest for this podcast, have them reach out to us at podcast at rootlessliving.com. Again, that's podcast at rootlessliving.com. Until next week, stay rootless.